That's great. For more interviews like this, please go to hardtofindseminars.com. Tell me who you are and how long you've been an HMA consultant and where you're located. I'm Jed Hunt, located in Oxford in the UK. I've been an HMA consultant now as a while of course eight months ago, but I've only really just started pushing that side of things because of my existing job. What do you do right now? You are a graphic artist? Yes, graphic artist, graphic designer, creating brochures and sort of marketing materials for the communications. Right, how long have you been doing that? This is my eighth year now. That's running my own business doing that. All right, so you're self-employed. You've been doing this for eight years as an individual business owner. That's right. Do you like working from home? Oh, definitely. I think I find it very hard to go back and work for somebody else now. What was your previous job before you started your graphics business? I was working actually for industrial electronics companies. I worked for a number of companies, but it was doing a mixture of sort of technical manual design work and in-house marketing. So it was a combination of those sorts of things, sort of technical background that applying marketing and design techniques to that. Do you remember how you first learned about the HMA opportunity? Yeah, a friend of mine who I got to know through local networking, we were talking about how I could develop my business and how I could take things up a pace and, and do something perhaps a little bit different, which was still in the realms of what I'm aware of and what I'm able to do. And just sort of take that step forward, and he suggested that I get in touch with you and have a look at the HMA course. I'm not sure how he found it. He avidly searched the web for marketing materials and things like that that might be a benefit to his business. He does a similar thing to the HMA, but it's basically a system he set up himself over the years, business growth and business marketing. And you had mentioned recently that you now have your first client. That's right. Can you tell me how that happened? Yeah, because running my own business, I haven't focused particularly on the HMA side of it and the marketing side of it. I've been using this time to read up on the manuals and listen to the audio and watch the DVDs, etc. And I was talking to a guy that I know again from one of the breakfast network groups that I go to, he's an accountant, about the fact that I was now going to be developing and then starting doing marketing and business growth stuff. And he said, hey, I've got a client of mine that's looking to market his business and then push forward with it. So he introduced us and got us talking. So I went through and sort of followed the initial process and landed them as a client. It's actually a garage, I think it's an auto repair centre that is actually my client. The auto repair centre was my accountant client. So take me through the process. So you had the lead. When you got home, you phoned the auto mechanic? Yes, that's right. I gave him a call and explained who I was and that Roger, the accountant, had asked me to give him a call. And he was immediately very receptive and, oh, yes, I'm expecting a call and when can you come and see me? So I didn't even have to do any selling over the phone at all. There was nothing like that. You were already positioned as an expert through the accountant. Absolutely. I think the phone call was about three minutes, just long enough to set an appointment for the following week. And did you do anything to prepare for that appointment? Yes, I did. I always do a lot of forward planning in my own mind anyway, and outcome-based thinking, that sort of thing. So I worked out what I expected or what I wanted to have out of the meeting and what I hoped he wanted out of the meeting as well. And then, obviously, I just refreshed myself on the opportunities analysis process and that sheet. And then, basically, I went in to see him and really just took him through the opportunity analysis program. Where were you guys sitting, like in the office area? Yes, just went to his office area at that stage. Were there any interruptions during that? No, actually there weren't. I was a bit wary of that, particularly being in a auto repair centre. I mean, I'm sure if you've ever been have your car repaired, you know the type of places they are. Busy, lots of people moving around, lots happening and all happening quickly. 
it, it actually worked in this instance quite well, but subsequent meetings I've had with different potential clients. I've actually tried to make sure that there's no interruptions. But on this particular occasion, I actually find that to be a problem. So you had your opportunity analysis in front of you. Was it easy to follow along? Oh, absolutely. I have actually added some of my own questions in as well since then. But I find it very easy to take the client through. And surprisingly, it doesn't seem to matter to the client that you're actually reading from something or you're referring back to something. I wasn't reading from it, but I was referring to it there. And I think in some ways it came across to my client that I was actually more professional because I had a system there. I wasn't relying on just my memory of since we spoke last night, I've actually taken on another client, so I now have two HMA clients. But I actually found that just taking people through the opportunities analysis, just step by step, asking the question and that, they actually felt quite comfortable with me, with me working from a sheet. So were you finding hidden assets as you took them through this questionnaire process? Yes. It became very clear quite early on that they certainly hadn't marketed to past customers. They hadn't tried to revisit past customers and get them to come back. In fact, they hadn't at that stage even got the database on the computer in a way that we could actually use to market. I think there's about 3,000 past and current clients, of which I would guess probably about 600 were within the last year or so. So that's 2,500 people that they've done work for in the past that they've never revisited. So yes, I mean, that was a pretty major find. So after the opportunity analysis, did you try and close him and ask for money on that, or did you say you wanted to come back with a proposal? How did you position yourself then? Well, what I did was I kept doing test closes whilst we were going through. I think if you remember some of the recordings that Richard has done, where he's saying all the way through, he's saying, do you see how that can add value? Do you see how that can be hidden money in your business? Those sorts of phrases. And all the time, he was giving me back buying signals. So like, oh, yeah, 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 and quite excited and animated about it. So in this particular instance, I actually tried to close him there and then at the end of the analysis so that I could kind of recap and explain that, you know, there's all these different areas that we can work on and the first thing to do is to come up with a USP for him and take it from there. And what was your offer to him? Well, to start off with, and again, it's sort of partly his circumstances, which the accountant had warned me of before, but I started off at £500 a month which is about $700. Okay, so you asked for a retainer, a monthly fee. Yeah, that's right, yes. And you promised him that you would work on his business, taking him through the steps of the system. That's right, yes. That's very good. That's another way of packaging your services. You know, you have a lot of variety in ways that you can make offers. You could ask for a retainer, or you could sell it a project at a time, or you could package projects two or three at a time. So it does give you some choices of ways to package your services. Yes, that's right. I think from my point of view, I'm looking for ways of balancing out the dips in seasonal work, which in graphic design is difficult to put people on retainer typically tends to be project by project basis. So by doing this and looking at the retainer scenario, it seems to work well from my point of view because it's regular cash flow. And the beauty is as well, I can control the speed of how quickly I do a project anyway. Just because I've only got them on 500 pounds a month, I don't have to do it in four weeks. I can, but I don't have to. It seems to be working and from my client's point of view, they seem happy because it's not a lump sum they've got to come up with straight away. And I've not had any problems with payments. They've set them up on standing order, so it's regular straight from their bank to my bank and automatically, and no problem. Well, that's very good. Tell me about your second client. How did that come about? second client was basically a printer doing printing approaches and that kind of and thing. And how was the contact made? Well, this was actually the guy that put me in touch with you. 
because it was a client that had approached him through some of the marketing he'd done and unfortunately through circumstances they were too small a business for him to deal with with his workload that he had at the moment so he asked me if I'd like to step up to the challenge and he referred me in. Okay, so he referred you and then you called? That's right, he referred me in and again it was the same scenario really. I rang, they were expecting my call, they immediately wanted to see me as soon as possible so we arranged an appointment, I went in to see them, sat down and went through the opportunities analysis. This time I told them the monthly retainer, six fifty a month, and I told them that and, and they said, right, no problem, we'll go away and think about it and we'll get back to you. So I left the meeting and came away. And the following morning I had a phone call, please, we want to go ahead. As you have two clients you're working on and your confidence has gone up a little bit, do you see yourself charging the same or asking for a little more money? I set out in my own mind to aim to have three clients around about the 500, 600 pound mark. And that's really, again, from my point of view, experience, confidence, and it's really just to get things started. But no, the intention is then that my next client, number four, five, and six, will be maybe 750, eight, nine, and 10 will be up to a thousand a month, that sort of level. It depends really what I feel and also the size of business I'm going into and circumstances mm -hmm. like Richard was saying about charging different amounts for the modules. I think you do have to take a bit of a bucket and see when you get there and only a gut feel about the business and how it's doing genuinely. I mean people always want to spend less than they have to but I think you can get a realistic feel for something by going through the opportunities analysis and talking to the guys and going on your instincts as well to a degree. What were some of the hidden assets you found in the printer's business? I'd say the biggest thing is the cross-selling and upselling in their case. It became very clear that they hadn't ever promoted all of their products to all of their clients. So, for example, if a client was in touch with them and then getting them to print stationery, so letterheads, business cards, that kind of thing, they hadn't then been saying, well, we also do brochures and we also do promotional stuff and we also do this and we also do that. There was none of that going on at all. And what we've just done, I literally just um, talked them about it this week, yesterday in fact, just set up a matrix of products against clients where we can very quickly track who's been told of what product, told of the different printing things that they do, and at what level they are, i.e. whether they've bought, whether they're not interested, whether they haven't been told, that sort of thing. And what it does is it's just systemizing that process of telling the clients of what they do. So we're then looking at doing some mail shots, direct mail pieces, which is what they particularly want to get involved in, to past customers particularly at this stage. But they're also talking about buying lists and all sorts in the longer term. I've only had them as a client for three weeks now. So it sounds like both your clients were very eager to work with you and eager to grow their business. Have you had any challenges in them working with you? Do you feel like you're partners in the business on the same side of the table? In both cases, yes. There's been no resistance to what I've said at all. They understand where I'm coming from. They understand the fact that I'm using non-traditional marketing methods in some cases. And they understand where I'm coming from with that. And I've not had any resistance with that. A few people I've done the opportunities analysis with that haven't become clients. I've had a few interesting conversations with. But I think there are some people out there that really just don't get it. They just don't understand. If you're not doing it traditionally and sticking your 17 adverts in the local newspaper every month, if you're not doing that, you can't be doing marketing properly. And some people just don't get it, I think. How many opportunity analysis have you done total? Seven now. So out of seven, you've got two clients. That's right. 
No, it's not too bad. No, it's not too bad, and I'm not actually disappointed with it because what I have done is hone the way I do the opportunities analysis and also the way I then ask for the close or don't ask for the close at the end of the meeting. Yeah. And again, it's that feel, I think. But I found it a very interesting experience, and the point is, as Richard said, in, again, in the training stuff that we get, the more you do it, the better you get at it. So I've had five opportunity analysis meetings that haven't come to anything, but I'm five steps closer to perfecting my opportunity analysis meeting and closing the next one. Out of the five that didn't go through, why do you think those didn't result in clients? If I'm honest, I think probably the first couple, I probably went in with the mental view that they were for practice, and maybe that came across. Not that I was practicing with them, but the fact that I wasn't hungry for the business, maybe, I might be wrong. But maybe something came across where they thought, oh, this doesn't seem right. Then the next one, I think he was just looking for free advice. So he wasn't looking for me to actually help him grow his business. He was hoping that I'd tell him all the things he could do for his business that would make a difference. And then he'd say, thanks very much and go. How were these set up? Did you do a promotion or something to get leads? No, again, just word of mouth and me talking to people, saying what I'm doing, and people saying, oh, I know someone that's got a business, and they keep talking about looking to expand it and looking into marketing, and it might be worth you talking to them. So it's been that kind of thing, and all of them have been introductions. But I think the two that became clients, the difference was when I picked up the phone and rang them, they immediately knew who I was, and they immediately just wanted me to go and see them. The selling had been done for me, whereas the other five, I was ringing up, and I'm dead hunt, and your friend's next one. Has asked me to contact you, and it's all like that. Mm, yes, okay. You take them through the basis of what it's all about, and I got interest out of it. Oh, yes, yes, come and see me, come and see me. But I think it wasn't quite set up the same. Then the last one seemed fired up until I went through and started going through ideas of things that we could start doing and then looking at these database and we're going to do this and we can go back to past clients. And then I think he just started getting a bit twitchy. This was a catering company. And I think he was just like, whoa, I've never done this sort of thing before. I think he was just maybe a bit uncomfortable with it because it's not what he's done in the past, that sort of thing. What advice would you give anyone considering becoming a marketing consultant? Any words of advice that you could give anyone who's thinking about getting into the business, a realistic expectation of what it's going to take for them to get some clients? The realistic expectation is the first thing I would recommend is that they listen to the audio or they watch DVDs to get a real feel for what it's all about. Uh, I have more time for audio, like when I'm walking the dogs or whatever, I tend to listen to my MP3 player. But just to absorb yourself in what Richard's saying and what the course and the program and the HMA system is all about, be familiar with that. Look through the opportunities analysis and I absolutely recommend you go and find a friend or your wife, your husband, your colleague, your whatever, and treat them like a client and explain what you're doing and just sort of take them through the system just a couple of times to get yourself a little bit more familiar with it. Not because you can't follow it, because obviously you take it into the meeting and follow it, but it does help if you know what's coming next rather than going in completely cold. And then the other thing I would say is not to get too disheartened if something doesn't happen. So if you go into and do an opportunity analysis meeting and it doesn't result in a client signing up immediately, but that's not a bad thing because everyone that you do is you learning, it's you progressing. And not every client that asks you to do an ops analysis is going to actually necessarily be a right client anyway. And I think that's probably the main thing that I would say at this stage. All right, Jez, I really appreciate you taking the time to share your experience with the HMA consultants and anyone considering becoming an HMA consultant. It's been valuable.
Yeah, you're welcome, and I hope it helps people out there because it's fun. The other thing is have fun with it. Here's another recording. Now, this gentleman is not an HMA consultant, at least not one yet. He's a 16-year-old Jewish kid out of New York who contacted me a couple months ago, wanting to get into the marketing consulting business, and he talks about how he's gotten his first two clients. Now, he hasn't ordered the HMA system, but he's been using the audio recordings and the opportunity analysis and the training from my site, hardtofindseminars.com. It won't be too much longer before he gets the HMA system, and I'm real proud to introduce to you Simon, 16-year-old kid out of New York, has already got two clients just by talking to people. Enjoy this short story. All right, so tell me, what is your name? My name is Simon Rosenzweig. Where do you live? I live in Lakewood. Okay, and your goal here is to try and get some clients before you even purchase the HMA system, correct? Before I purchase HMA, and I already have one right now, and I'm just starting my second one. How old are you? 16. You're 16 years old. Tell me about how you got your first client, Simon. The way I got my first client was in the synagogue. Every week I used to go over to all the businessmen and used to tell them how I'm studying marketing, and this guy said, come on, let me see what you can do for me. So he offered me a job, and once I went through your CV and realized that if I know this stuff, I should have the same confidence as anybody three times my age. So I went over to him and proposed to him where he would pay me $500 a week, and I would get him more customers in any way. We'd work on his advertising, on doing joint ventures. So I started working for him and tried changing his ads. And he wasn't very open to that. So I decided, first, let me do something that will make him money without him having to do a thing. What kind of business was he? He does fencing. He has a fence company. He puts in residential, commercial. And I went to pool owners and landscaping owners, and I proposed to them that my company will give them a small discount to their customers, plus we'll give them a commission, like a percentage of the whole purchase by a customer if they start referring us. So far, I gave him 13 names, and I bought him $50,000 worth of sales in seven to eight weeks. Number two, he has another at least $75,000 in sales waiting, but it takes two months because pool people give the name to the customer in the beginning when they do the estimate, but it takes two months until the customer gets the pool. So they're not going to put a down payment on a fence two months before they get the pool. And how did you contact these businesses and what was your offer to them? Did you go see them personally or did you do this by phone? Everything was over the phone. I pretty much perfected it over a couple times. I do have a pretty good closing ratio. It was like one out of five. I could close even on the phone. And then some of them I would call, leave a message, they call me back, propose to them, and they would want to start referring this right there. Then I would have my boss call them with the percentage and send them business cards. And he also did not meet with most of them. Two of them he met, and the two that he met even though are those that are giving him a lot more business. So I just proposed to them on the phone and told them that I'm willing to give your customers a discount, and that could be a benefit for you for working with you, that you have a discount on a fence. And number two, with pool people, the only way for them to put in the pool is if they have a permit, they need to have a fence around it. So my client was willing to give their customers their date that they want for him to put in the fence. So you felt like it was important to get your client initial results that he could see that the effort you were producing for him was bringing green money in his pocket. Right. I first wanted to get him money in his pocket. Then this past week when he paid me, I told him, let's start working on your advertising, and he was more open to it because he realized that I was good enough to bring him money in his pocket through joint ventures without having to do a thing. Plus, I explained to him that if you're really careful about where your money's going to on me, then you should be careful where your ad money's going to. If you could throw away your money on just putting out an ad just so people could see your name, it makes much more of an impression on someone if they see their sign on the fence. It's much more effective advertising. 
said, you should work on having more direct advertising. You have an ad that just says, use our company. Not exactly use our company, but it was just the name and names of the different types of fences. It wasn't direct. So if he focuses more on direct advertising and then gets more customers and puts his names on the fence, that's putting his money to much better use. Okay, that's wonderful. I to him, and he's very open to it right now. In the beginning, he wasn't really that open to it, but once I brought him money in his bank account, he's really open to changing his advertising. Oh, that's great. Now tell me about your second client. I am very into reading all different books on leadership, on marketing, on management, on sales, a lot of different business books. I read a lot of success stories, too. So I was in the library taking out, like, a stack of 10 books, and I didn't know this at the time. My client told me after that he was watching me take out these books, and I started walking home, and this car stops and offers me a ride home. So I get inside, and he asks me, I see you're into CEOs or leadership. So I was like, yeah, I'm into reading this. I'm into marketing. I explained to him that I worked for some guy. I really helped him a lot, and I was explaining different pointers about marketing like three ways to grow your business, but nothing really that big. Was he in the library? Yeah, he was in the library. I didn't know this at the time. I thought he was just passing by, and he didn't know who I was, and he offered me a ride. Once he hired me, he told me that he saw me there, and he's into that type of stuff, so he thought maybe give me a ride and see what's going on, maybe ask me a couple questions. So after that, he explained to me what he does. What he does is he has foreclosures. Let's say a guy owes $150,000 to the bank, and their house is worth $250,000. Now, the bank is telling this guy that they're going to take his house and foreclose. So this guy goes, and the guy that owes the money tries finding someone to give him a mortgage. And if his credit rating is not good, he's not going to get a mortgage. My client has some sort of bank account with investment money. He pays back this guy's debt. All right, so what did you negotiate with him? Did you ask for money up front? No money up front. He wants to pay me $1,000 per clients that I get him for these foreclosures, and this is negotiable, that means I can make it higher in the future. Number two, he's going to pay me for other projects that I take on. The people that produce results are ten times more paid and more respected than people than just give ideas. Have you put that all in writing for you? Yeah, we have a contract. Another thing that I'm happy about is I have a teacher that's a lawyer, but does not practice it as a profession. He has another business but he happens to be a lawyer, so I send him my contract, and he looks it over, and he would tell me what I should fix and what I shouldn't. So let me ask you this. You're 16. What would you tell anyone considering getting into the marketing consulting business? What do you think the key is to getting clients? you got to be very good at speaking to people. And here's the thing. When you are driven to be successful in these things, you get pulled into a lot of opportunities. Like before this, I was so close-minded in business in general that even if I would have gotten into it, I would not have gotten opportunities knocking on my door. When you're driven to succeed and when you feel your insides turning with excitement, then you're going to be getting clients knocking on your door. You have to go out, though, and find those people. So whenever you speak to someone, just tell them that you're doing marketing. You have to put it into the conversation, not that you're trying to sell them something, that you have an opportunity. When you go over to speak to someone, don't try selling him on the fact that you're doing marketing. Tell him that you're doing marketing. If he's in business, give him a tip maybe. Try to give him a little idea about referrals. It doesn't have to be an idea that will make him so much money because maybe he would be an opportunity to make money for you. But it could be like three ways to grow your business. And another thing is I realize that when you give people ideas, they're not all going to take it and go create money for themselves. People want someone to do things for them. It's very nice to give them ideas, but they're not going to do it. 
they want a marketing consultant that is going to do what they don't want to do, and they're willing to pay for it. You're more valuable if you could do instead of just give ideas. So my advice is, if you could be someone that does the work, it's worth it for me to be paying girls $8 an hour to be doing the calls if I could be paid five times the amount. It's worth it, ten times worth it.